What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Smalley Talk Podcast. Couldn't do it again, could you? Welcome to the Smalley Talk Podcast. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. We, uh, we're we we're having a little bit of a problem here with losing recordings. <laughs> it's my fault. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, it's no, it, wasn't. it was actually my fault, yeah. But uh, uh, we lost the recording up in Michigan, and we lost the first intro with Josh. It was really good. It Josh was like laying the on best. his creepiest voice possible. <laughs> so, and then we had a brief interlude wherein we talked heavy politics. Yeah. And now we're trying not, to lighten I, the mood. It's kind of got me out of the mood to do a podcast Dude. talking politics. I, I hate politics. Well, it's I hate politics dream. too, but. We're in an Tis election the season, season dude. <laughs> yeah. If there's ever and a time, and then right to... as we're doing that, Alex Deno texts me and he says that everyone's gonna beat up my stretch from White River. Yeah. Screw you, dude. Well, we're just gonna become filthy, dirty, sewage-eating Southsiders. We're just gonna hit that South Side up, baby. Yeah, that's actually a good uh, point. I wonder if. Uh, so, side note here is. The Grassroots Bass Yakin series announced their moving water um, series. They changed it from Sugar Creek to White River. You're Probably welcome, little... Chad Miller. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, if really. you're listening, maybe you're not. Probably well, you're not. Everybody, yeah, probably not. <laughs> uh, every, you know, everybody should be grateful for that. I think. Yeah, I think it's sure a little, bit, it's a little too, bit too small. Too small to have a tournament series like that on. But they moved it to White River. Why does it? Have, uh, why does it always have to be a White River? <laughs> yeah, why is it White River? It's why, uh, why, I think we why is this... start a petition to change it to Colored River. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. No, not that word. No, Hang on, what should we call it? Not that. Bl- not the... what, it, what is the Black and Brown River? That's what we'll call it. Is that one better? Is that a better? So. I think so. How about just uh, Diversity River? Or okay. just... <laughs> yeah, some... <laughs> Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not just say black and brown and, and colored. But maybe. I always hear. I always hear that's that. Rough. That's too when, far. When you're referring to minority type stuff, I've I heard dude, black and brown people are like. It's like the yeah, but that's dude, what this, people say. This is the thing, dude. The the talk about we're getting ready to get back into politics. I feel it. I can feel it <laughs> in my in my loins. No, but I mean the thing about the way that we address race issues, it. It falls in and out of vogue very quickly. So, like, there's a lot of discussion now about uh, POCs or people of color. I feel like that term is racist. And in, like, five years, they'll be like, you said what all the time? <laughs> I feel like people of color is, like, I feel like that's on the brink of becoming, like, a like a racist term. So, you know, I, I don't know, dude. But anyways, yeah. I mean, it, it is pretty gross that the, that the grassroots kayak tournament series is for whites only <laughs> that hot take hot take well why is it on a white river then how about that <laughs> well uh i think that'll be a seriously that'll be a fun series next year yeah. I, I, I will f- i i forgot to or i haven't yet picked up my angler of the year trophy it's going to be sitting up in studio a here pretty soon 
Do we uh, even have space for it? Do you need higher ceilings in here? We're running out of room here. You're going to be like LeBron walking down, <laughs> walking down the strip in Las Vegas. Did you see that video? No. He's like walking down the strip in Vegas with the NBA championship trophy. It's pretty awesome. We're pretty good. baller move. I mean, I mean, I can identify. So, uh, but well, yeah, so I'm definitely coming for the angler of the year. Uh, that'll actually work out well because it's closer. I can fish it pretty easily without having to drive an hour. I think it's going to work out and, for a lot of reasons. And regardless of and what Alex Deneau thinks, there's plenty of stretches on the river I can kick his ass on. What so he can have whatever stretch he wants, bud. <laughs> you tell me what stretch I'm fishing, and I'll kick your ass. I would be careful about that because he might post it. <laughs> <laughs> he will not. He knows better. <laughs> uh, but, no, that'll be a fun time next year. Um, so... Uh, Lots of, so we we did an on, on the Water episode. We talked about our trip to Sugar Creek. We won't touch on that. Um, but I did kind of tease that we, we well, you said we lost the episode on, in Michigan. So uh, kind of let's let's recap that. We can do that. That and trip then, a little bit. And then we got some. Um, what the, main we, thru- the main thrust of the episode is going to be the uh, Smalley Talk hotline. So. Yeah, we got. Five messages, I think, on Smalley Talk Hotline. Neither one of us have listened to any of them, so hopefully they're... Well, I guess it's recorded, so we could we could, we could could edit out whatever we need to edit out, but... Yeah, we've got um, an eight-second delay. we got a bunch of wet little boys leaving messages, and you know, you just maybe never an know. Aus- maybe just, an Australian guy. Yeah. You just... Who knows? You never know what might pop up. <laughs> you really you really don't. Yeah, unpredictable. So, so the Michigan trip was, uh, was great. I mean, it was... Um, Fishing wise, it was it was, I would say average to to a little bit above average, and then, uh, you know, at one point we ended up having a, a bead of water that we did great on. I mean, that was really good, um, but yeah, we we ended up going to uh, the Muskegon. I think it was two weeks ago now, right? Or is it three? It was in October. Early yeah, October. Three. So the leaves had just changed up in Michigan. Uh, everything, they were full tits up there. Oh, dude, that was the prettiest leaves that we've seen anywhere yeah, this fall. It was great. Um, so, and we got, we got on the river. We were smallmouth fishing, of course. Uh, <laughs> literally every person, I mean, the river was like chock full of anglers. All of them were up there uh, salmon fishing. Snagging. They said that they were steelhead fishing, but... I could tell they were, they were, they were snagging. Uh, but the river was full of King salmon, which is pretty cool. I'd never really seen one. Yeah. It's pretty wild in the wild before like that. I mean, they were, you know, zombified and, you know, you know, all up there garden nests and that kind of thing. That was pretty cool. Um, tried to cast out them a few times. It was, it was, yeah. I mean, they were, I mean, those, those fish were like, I, I've never, I, I, I did not know that fish one, I guess I knew that they traveled up that far, but I didn't know in that many numbers. I mean, the the river was like taken over. It them. was an unfathomable number of king salmon that we ran into. Like so much so that I was like, like thinking that the smallmouth like wouldn't would be off because there was so much so much other like large like I don't I I guess Aquatic you would call life. Yeah. would you call salmon a predator? Yeah. I don't think at that point that they're predatory. I mean, I think that they pretty much go up there exclusively to, to fudge each other. Yeah. So I don't think that they're up there eating, you know, I mean, I think that they will eat and probably there's some people screaming at their 
car radios right now saying that they will. But, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think that they go up there and they're really tough to catch in the mouth. I think, I think that you have to pretty much tick them off to the point where they'll eat. I mean, we did see some people catching kings, which was awesome. It was actually, I think that they enjoyed it because they had a little audience. But every time we saw somebody hook up, we would stop and watch them. And um, it was pretty cool. But there were so many king salmon in that in that first we did the uh, thorn the first apple stretch there was for sure it was crazy um and we saw a guy and his girlfriend you know that were that were hooked up a few times and then we saw these old guys that landed a huge king right in front of us and uh we got they got a laugh out of when we pulled up on him i said uh this guy <laughs> this guy said that you guys didn't know how to fish i told him that he was full of it and uh <laughs> Yeah, and they, they were thought, they were laughing. Is that old hard. guy humor? You can really make those old dudes Dude, laugh. I got him. I got him <laughs> dialed. <laughs> Unless they want to fight you. No, they won't. They wouldn't do it. Uh, uh, but but every person that we told, you know, we would paddle past somebody or row past somebody, and they'd be like, "Oh, you guys doing any good? Uh, well, oh yeah, we're smallmouth fishing. That really? <laughs> Why? Why are you idiots fishing for smallmouth? Yeah, we got a lot of that. But it's cool though because we had the whole river to, the point, to ourselves. Yeah, I mean, I mean from that standpoint. I mean the fish, the areas where smallmouth were, nobody else was fishing. Everybody was fishing out in the middle. Yeah, and yeah, the fast this, stuff and salmon were. But it got to the point where Josh was like, "Don't tell people what we're fishing for anymore." <laughs> we're embarrassed. <laughs> we were getting embarrassed. So. Um, yeah, as far as where the fish were, they were. Definitely in more of wintering type spots, but they were still kind of moving around inside of those areas. So we were, you know, kind of looking for those deeper, um, slower moving, you know, spots. But only on timber. Yeah, they were on timber. And actually, our best bite came when Chris uh, did what I always try to get him to do every trip. It's my goal. I don't care if I catch any fish. (laughs) As long as I get Chris to pick up a conventional rod, that's a win for me. Yeah. And uh, Chris was chucking the old spinnerbait there quite a bit, but (laughs) Had to do it. (laughs) The water, like, it was so windy. Yeah. And the the current was so strong. (laughs) And you broke two rods. And I I broke two, my two G Loomis rods got broken, so... uh, but it was the current was moving so fast, the wind was so strong, and it we, we didn't have a sufficient anchor for that river. So I just had to to pick up something I could cover a lot more water with. So I went up, picked up the old uh, bait caster, which Josh <laughs> you backlash thing like maybe five hundred times. <laughs> hadn't casted a bait caster in about three years, so it was rough starting off. Ended up ended up doing fine, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that you were frustrated for about the first 45 well, minutes. So. You definitely, the I felt bad, even though, you know, I don't know who's, if you could say it was anybody's fault, but that time when I was getting off the front deck, which that deck you built on your boat uh, is friggin' sweet, uh, by the way. But, uh, thank you. Um, quality engineering job. Dude, Purdue. Um, went yeah, to Purdue. There you go. Uh, studied uh, liberal arts, but I went to Purdue. <laughs> well, it, it's really great. It's great when you're up there, and it honestly, it doesn't even feel tippy at all. But when you get down off of it, you're stepping on onto an inflatable, you know, floor, and it like kind of rocks the boat some. And I think what happened was I stepped down at the same time you were standing up or something. Right. And I like lost my balance and went right into you. 
like right into your lap. And that part I'm sure you enjoyed. Um, yeah, I mean, I was already hard, but then I got. <laughs> and, then, and then you went, You we both fell straight into where your rod holders were. <laughs> My rod just snapped. And that was the second one. Yeah, I had broken one about three casts before that. Yeah, it just hung up on a tree or something. Yeah, know? I mean, I probably over-torqued it. I mean, those rods, those, you know, I don't want to disparage the name of G. Loomis because those rods have been through hell. Um, yeah. You know, they that one I've had th- for three seasons, and it was, you know, it went through, and it was my waiting rod. So, I mean, I had banged that thing around so many times, and, and I snapped it when I got hung up in a tree. That is something that I will say... The type of fishing we do, um, you you look at your equipment in a through a different lens than what like a guy who fishes just out of like a bigger boat would look at it um, through because uh, you can't you you can't get like dainty stuff. It just doesn't hold up. Like it, you'll just break it. Reels, like I mean, I can for instance. Uh, if if I can't take my reel in salt water, if it's not rated for salt water, like it's not worth buying. I agree completely. Because I mean, it, you'll just ruin it. And then the same thing with rods. I mean, you know, if if your rods are really sensitive and stuff, but they break easily, like it's it's not gonna last. Even if it has a warranty, which is fine. You know, if you, you that's just, a good you're just tip. Hard on stuff. That's a good tip for people listening that are just getting into this. Uh, whatever you buy, make sure that it's got a, a no fault lifetime warranty on it because you yeah. will use it 100%. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many rods I've sent to St. Croix over the years. Probably, you know, I would say over a dozen for sure. Yeah. Temple uh, Fork Outfitters, G. Loomis, uh, St. Croix, you know, those are pretty much the only three rod companies that we use because their warranty is just fantastic. So yeah, there's some, probably some other really good ones out there. Just, it's kind of our, our they're the flavor. best rods on earth, dude. That's right, buddy. Thank so God, bud. the uh, but the rest of the trip was good. I mean, we we definitely got on the best bite when I switched over to spinner bait. We started hammer. I mean, at well, one I point the, I caught the real nice one, my nicest one on top water. Remember? Yeah, you got it. Your nicest one on top water, but that was the day before, right? But I mean, it was you I know I at one point 20. though we I mean we were hammering them. I mean we. You yeah, know, the second day, I mean, when when the sun was up in the afternoon of the second day, I mean, we were just hammering fish. Yeah, I mean, we got it was kind of it was similar if you listen to the previous episode, we had an hour we were hammering them. It was more like we probably had a a time frame of it was like 3 hours, 4 three hours, four, yeah. where we were like really killing them and we caught Chris caught a, it was a really cool take um I think it was on, was on that spinnerbait. Yeah. Dude, you like threw that thing and like I was looking the other direction and I just kind of like caught it out of the side of my eye. This thing like torpedoed towards it and just it like it brought its tail up out of the water. Yeah. It was like a really weird, like violent take. It was like a shark eat. It just like ate and turned yeah. aggressively at the same time. It was one of those great ones. But It was a cool, cool. Um, eat, yeah, man. We had, it was it was a great trip. Very interesting, different for us. I mean, we've never went north this late in the year. What we've was the never... water temperature? It was like mid fifties. Yeah, it was like mid fifties, I think. So that at least gives yeah. us some uh, intel for future reference. Like that time of year, we we can still go north, at least that far north. And yeah, and I mean, we fish. were catching them on 
I was catching them on poppers on the first day on top mm-hmm. water and on, on a game changer. And then on day two, when I had almost no fly rods left, uh, we were doing really well on a, a spinner bait. And then we did catch them on a buzz bait as well. So yeah, it's good. Good trip. It's a fun trip, man. Definitely had, enjoyable. Had a good time but just stayed, stay in the hotel overnight. And, yeah. Why don't yeah. you go ahead and get the, uh, Smalley talk hotline queued up, bud. We'll, yeah. So we have five messages we got and, Probably some of the people that left messages have um, stopped listening. Stopped listening. <laughs> they left their message because or they're never... dead. Or they're dead from COVID because this was before COVID. They could be. They could be <laughs> COVID decedents. They could. And if you're still alive, comment. Let us know you're still kicking. <laughs> but definitely the the questions that you asked us in February were probably about how we could help you catch more fish this summer and spring. Yeah. And sorry. We're just going to apologize now, <laughs> but maybe this will help you for next year. All right. So here's the first message. This is uh, first time we've listened to it. So. Hello. This message is for Christian Vaughn. I want to know, have you ever used a 10 color fly? And if so, do you like it better than a fly fishing? And also, besides the booger bug, the game changer. What kind of fly are you? <laughs> he knows we're, we're suckers for oh, Japanese, no, dude. <laughs> we're oh, suckers dude. for those Japanese. First of all, thank you very much for, for, for honoring us and calling into the podcast. We couldn't be more proud to field this call. Uh, Can you believe that's been waiting there? (laughs) That's that piece of gold (laughs) has been there for eight months waiting on us. (laughs) And, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I couldn't. It sounded more of like a Japanese derivative, but it very honorable. Yeah, maybe he maybe that was uh, him trying to infect us with Corona at the beginning of this thing. Well, that, that was China, sure. not Japan. <laughs> I, uh, that's what I said. He sounded Japanese, so I can't really say that. So, but uh, but anyway, so Tinkara. No, I've never used a Tinkara rod. Um, I don't really understand how they work, even. <laughs> so so no, I, I don't. Uh, I don't. I think isn't Tinkara is just a fly rod without a reel, right? Just like a fixed amount of line. I don't know. I mean, I know that that's what they are. I know that that's what they purport to be, but I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know if they have like a spool of line that you can cast further with. I really don't know. It's never been of interest to me. I mean, I think it's hard enough to fly fish for them, you know, with a with as much line as I want, you know, or as I can cast. Um, so it's never, and yeah, it's what never else been did he ask? the what size, size of the boogle bug? bug. Yeah, so. What size of boogle bug? Don't do the voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty bad. Don't do the voice. Uh, but. So the size of boogle bug depends on a lot of factors, but, um, you know, let's say with the, with lower visibility, I tend to upsize. So I, I tend to go to that size four, um, with like a black, you know, size four black. Um, then as you know, the sun comes up, the water clarity goes up. Um, I tend to downsize and my, my absolute favorite to use is probably either the size six or the size eight, um, green. So I just like a straight green, size six, size eight, and I like to dead drift them, and then maybe just a little pop, you know, a little tiny pop, not a big one. But tiny that's pop. that's my that's my uh, that's my answer for you, bud. Chris, whenever we're out um, with someone else's fly fishing, 
he always criticizes the pop. Got to you got to be says, careful about the pop. It's too much pop. Too you much can, pop. He always tells Maya that. He's like, "Maya, don't pop it so hard." It's too you can have too much pop. I mean, there are times when they want it really aggressively popped, but more times than not, I think less is more. So I think they see it. They know what it is. It's not like, you know, it's not like this is a big search pattern where you're like, you know, casting like a like a a bait, you know, that they can't see or something like that. I mean, they, they see it. They see it hit the top of the water. They see it sitting there. And, you know, more times than not, I find that just a little bit, a little bit goes a long way with that. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. I know that other people feel differently about it. And there are probably people like, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. But, you know, I catch a lot of fish and you probably don't. So You get you catch a lot of small fish. <laughs> I know. I, no, I do not. <laughs> but anyways, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's how I look at it. So, you know, less clarity. I tend to upsize, go to a darker color like a black. Um, then as the water clarity improves, I go to a down, a smaller size. But I like, I could basically survive off of three colors. I could survive off of black occasionally nowadays I'll use a blue and then the little green. I could, I could live and die. I feel like you use blue more than anything. Not blue's good. I mean, blue, a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. I blue. I used to use all the time, but I mean, color doesn't matter a whole bunch. I mean, you know, sometimes in terrestrial season when the water's like really low and clear, it will matter. But you know, I think, you know, I could live off of those three. I mean, I, I don't, I have other ones, but I find myself 80% of the time reaching for black, blue, or green. So, hmm. No white? Not really. No. If, I, if I'm anti-white? using... anti-white? Is that what you are? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, I mean, I, I have these uh, Montana Fly Company white ones that I'll use on rare occasions. Or I like... You know, there are bait fish poppers out there that I use when I like white. But, yeah, that's just that's just me, baby. All right. Thank That's, you for the call. Yeah, whoever you were. Whoever you were. <laughs> All right, here is the second one. You're probably listening to this phone call 18 hours uh, before us. So. Maybe. Or after us. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, my name's David. I'm from Kentucky. Um, really enjoy the podcast. Uh, I've been fly fishing for a long time, um, but never really targeted smallmouth all that often. Um more of a trout guy, and then I got really into chasing the stripers and the hybrids. And last year, I was uh, striper fishing in a river, and I hooked into a smallmouth, and it wound up being 21 and a half inches long, and uh, yeah. man, I, I was converted instantly. I mean, I was fishing 15-pound fluorocarbon, and there was not a single moment in the fight with that fish that I wasn't praying for my tippet not to break. And, uh, yeah, I've been crazy about smallmouth uh, ever since then and been listening to the podcast and got a lot of good tips. And I'm headed up to Fish Sugar Creek and maybe the Tippecanoe sometime in June or July. So really enjoyed all the Indiana information and uh, hoping to get into another really big one. Uh, most of ours down here, you know, an 18 is a really good fish. Uh, for most of the places I fish. So hoping to get up into into Indiana and catch a few more. Keep up the good work, boys. So one thing I'll say before we respond to this, 
when that guy said he caught his first fish on smallmouth on the fly at 21 and a half inches, I looked at Chris and all I saw was immense jealousy pouring <laughs> from his face. He did not even crack a smile. <laughs> well, he's yeah. like, yeah, that's great. I mean, I'm glad you you earned it. You know, first time out, you know, you earned it. Uh, now I think that that's uh, his, this is a guy from Instagram that I've talked to a couple times. Just, that just little another boy from Instagram. <laughs> no, just another fishing bum. Eighty nine, I think, is his. Just, just another fishing bum. Eighty nine is okay. his thing. Okay, David. Uh, yeah, so he reached out over the summer. Probably like, well, why? I guess they didn't play my message, but uh, we'll tag him on the yeah on the episode post. Yeah. So there, was there a question in there, or was he just saying hi? I think he was just saying hi. Well, I we think appreciate it. I, I think I think maybe he, he was just catch, rubbing in the twenty one and a half. He can catch twenty one and a half in smallmouth. He does not need your advice. No, he doesn't. <laughs> good, 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 good job. Thanks for calling. Chris is like leaning back. Maybe like you Dr. should host Phil this. Really wanting to spill that advice out, and he's like, "Wait a second. He didn't ask for advice. Didn't ask for anything. He just wanted us. He just wanted to rub that shit right in my face." Hey, nice job on your twenty-one and a half inch fish. I've been fly fishing now for about eight years, and I don't know that I have. I haven't even come close to that. So, nice job. Did you catch that? No, you caught the that twenty-one on a net rig in the winter. Yeah, didn't you? caught plenty of twenty-ones on conventional gear. Plenty of twenties. I feel like fly fishing would be ideal for winter time. Why don't you? Why I'm do, going to. Yeah, it's happening. I mean, you can use a bobber. So, <laughs> you can, I mean. <laughs> and I plan to. <laughs> no, I've got some winter stuff that I've been working on. It's just Ooh. like here's the thing in in the winter time. I have no problem using conventional gear because, first of all, they're harder to catch. Uh, a lot of times you need the sensitivity to be able to feel them. Um, and you don't get to go out very much. So when you go out, you want to maximize your chances of having a good trip. So, yeah. you know, I, so that's kind of how I've looked at it in the past. I know, like, this year I, I have been working on some – I've been reading a lot about the types of patterns to use in the winter. I've caught them in the winter time on my fly rod before several times. Um, but you know, when we go out on a float or something, I, I tend to use conventional gear a little bit more, more often, but yeah, this, this winter's hap it's happening. So, uh, you know, hope to, I'm chasing you, bud. I'm chasing you <laughs> on your 21 and a half incher. So yeah, that 21 and a half is, uh, my personal for best a, for on a fly, lot of people. That's a fish of a lifetime. My personal best on the fly rod. I've only caught four fish over 20 inches. So on a fly rod and. 20 and a half is my best. So. Yeah. So good job. Nice work. All right. Looks like we get a long Thanks for here. rubbing that shit in our face. <laughs> Thanks, David. Thanks, David. I thoroughly enjoyed Chris washing Chris's face when you were talking about that. All right. Here's the next one. Well, once it, once it loads. It'll be up. It's a long message. Hey, boys. This is TK from Pennsylvania. Just uh, giving you a call to let you know that Absolutely love the podcast, listened to all the episodes several times, and tried to uh, send it to as many of my friends and family as I could. And just sent it to my brother. He just got back from Afghanistan. He was listening to it over there on his third tour. So nice. uh, he loved it, and, and uh, I've been learning service. a lot from it. Grew up here in central PA, about 20 minutes away from the Susquehanna River. and um, Been mainly a trout fisherman and largemouth fisherman, and this year I decided to after smallmouth and started looking for some good resources and found the podcast and uh, learned a lot from that and actually made it a made it a point to uh, 
uh, fish for smallmouth in every month of the year this year, starting in March. So it's going to go till February next year and, and uh, try to learn from actually getting out on the water there. So anyhow, the uh, the only bone I have to pick is uh, Josh. When you say Susquehanna, Juniata, dude, I know you claimed you're like one sixteenth. That was a shit message. We're, we're moving on. <laughs> All right. The Juniata and the Susquehanna. Is that what he said? Juniata, Susquehanna. Yeah, I've heard it say that. Said that oh, way yeah, probably more. I just didn't know. Dude, so. you're whiter than hey, Mitt Romney you know, in a snowstorm. <laughs> you know, TK, first of all, I'm not that white. I'm very tan. Chris, mm. on the other hand, is very, very dark white. In color. Very <laughs> No, he's very really tan. white. Tan, they call uh, me tall, dark, and handsome. But yeah, thanks for the tip, though. I'll make sure uh, to start referring that way so I don't look like an idiot. Very cool, though. Uh, thank you know your brother listening. First international listener. First international listener. I, it counts. <laughs> I mean, it does. Yeah. I could just see him sitting overseas listening to us. We have like, first Yo. international <laughs> listener. First selfie with the fan. Dude. I mean, we're hitting we're all there. the milestones, we're there. dude. Hey, Epstein, where's that island at, bro? <laughs> oh now we just lost half our listeners. Nah, I'm just joking. <laughs> I've been listening to that uh, Tim Dillon, Joe Rogan, Alex Jones podcast Yeah, I know. Today. I saw you post some something about that. but well, I didn't post I anything li- about it. I haven't it. listened to it. Well, dude, somebody you, else did. I commented Oh, it, but, did they? Okay. But yeah, I mean, it was. it's been pretty... It's dude, we live in a weird, weird world. I'd say if you're listening to Alex Jones, <laughs> dude, Alex, pretty, Alex Jones is one of those guys. He's that, out there. He is. He is like stream of consciousness. Yeah, but but anyways, yeah, man. Thanks a lot for the message. Appreciate you listening. Definitely uh, jealous of where you live at. Yeah, you live in fishing that Susquehanna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, very cool. Thanks a lot. Oh, how should I say Pennsylvania? Is it's Pennsylvania. P- Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. All right. Don't want to sound stupid. That, you don't want to. That's how you say it. Pennsylvania. We appreciate it, TK. And if we're ever out in that area, we'll uh, we'll hit you up, bud. Um, okay. We have one more. Last one. Let's see here. All right. Pull her up. Uh, yeah. This message is for... Uh... Josh Franco. Here it is again. <laughs> and apparently, presidential nominee 2021, Mr. Uh, Chris Vaughn. Uh, you got a brother, Vince. Anyway. Yeah, I just wanted to know, uh, what's your take on downsizing? I think this guy's called him before. I know you boys got pretty excited about that Magnum fluke. Uh, <laughs> but what about going a little smaller this time of year? 
maybe three inch craw imitations. Maybe working the bait a little uh, faster. Maybe a little three and a half inch bait. Well, with the weather changing, I know you said last time you got to upsize when it gets cold, but what about going a little more finesse? Set upsize when it gets cold. All right. Oh, and uh, Josh, I know you mentioned uh, we should get together sometime and, and uh, take a day. Yeah, I'd, I'd take you up on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have no idea who that was. Um, Apparently you do. Apparently you guys are going to take a day. Uh, yeah. So upsizing and downsizing. I mean, I think, um, you know, downsizing, I think, is something that uh, we do regularly when well, the water clarity goes when the water clarity starts to improve let me let me let's back up here just a little bit in that in that on that topic one thing that i always kind of roll my eyes at with the um i guess natural inclination when somebody talks about river smallmouth they always think of smaller baits do, okay, do you get right. that? Yeah, so uh-huh. people always say, you know, it's kind of like a like, rebel crawdad situation. Yeah, yeah, just throw like a three inch this, a real small that, or beetle spin, or you know, something really small. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's really no reason. There's no, there's no like rationale behind that because forage in a river isn't small necessarily. It it, it changes size throughout the year. It's no really no different than any other body of water and smallmouth because their mouths are small doesn't it's not like they prefer smaller meals i mean we've all we've seen smallmouth eat you know things way bigger than they you know than their entire bodies i mean you've caught you know 10 inch smallmouth on baits where it's like that's basically the same size as what they're eating so it runs the gambit i mean you see you see him sipping mayflies all the way up to eating you know, eight to ten inch yeah. bait fish. Yeah. So I guess my to start off with that is a lot of times I talk about upsizing because the general consensus among I would say more uninformed smallmouth guys are like, oh yeah, you fish small. So with that said, that doesn't mean that small presentations don't have a place. They do. Um, so I'll let Chris talk about that, though, because I think that's where you're going more with it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's probably a good point to just put that out there, you know, that small baits, you know, although people do tend to associate smallmouth fishing with small baits, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the way we come at it every time. Um, depending on the conditions, we might upsize or downsize. So, you know, typically, like if the water clarity is really high, like in summer, fall typically we will downsize and the reason for that is because you know the water the water clarity you don't really need the big loud presentation to attract them i mean they can see it as soon as it touches the water Mm -hmm. so you know something smaller something more realistic you know is is kind of a better approach there um so when the water clarity is low so when there's a lot of mud in the water or whatever 
you know, we tend to upsize. So we tend to go bigger. Um, that's how I look at it. I mean, that may not be how everybody looks at it. You know, people might have different reasons for upsizing or downsizing, but my, the way I look at it is clarity. The higher, the more the clarity in the water, the, the more realistic and the smaller my bait will probably be. Um, the less clarity, you know, I'll tend to try and put something on that's a little bit more aggressive, a little bit bigger, a little bit more profile. So I think that definitely is a, a line of thinking that is correct. I think something else you always want to think about is matching the hatch a little bit. So <clears throat> regardless of water clarity, if they're eating something big, like i.e. fall time, the bait fish typically at their largest size. So that is when you start seeing, when if I'm fishing some sort of, you know, bait fish imitating fluke, something like that. That's when you see that, you know, the larger profile swim baits um, and, uh, you know, whatever it might be coming out. Um, if I was fly fishing, like, I would be throwing a larger um, type of, you know, articulated streamer. streamer. Right. Um, I mean, in a good, something that, um, I won't say who told me this because I don't want to, like, his like secret or whatever, but he was like, Oh yeah. In the fall is when the Magnum flukes come out. And this actually gave me the idea. So, you know, that's something to consider too, is like matching the hat sort of thing. You know, if you're catching a uh, small mouth and they have huge, all of them are just, they're, you know, they're puking up big, huge crawfish. That's probably an indication. You should probably be throwing something kind of big that imitates a crawfish. Yep. If they're eating a bunch of tiny ones, you should probably throw in something tiny. And that's, you know, the one other time of year where I'm like, only small stuff is the winter time. So that's like, all, you know, dead of winter, like they want something real small. And that's when you start fishing like a, a conventional gear. It's the only time when I'll throw like a tiny little, you know, 32nd ounce or 16th ounce hair jig. Yeah, but even that, I mean, that's a line or that's an area of our fishing that we're still developing. I mean, that's that's true. You know, wintertime, I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about what a wintertime smallmouth will and won't eat. And I think it's something that we are working towards refining and what, you know, what works in our rivers. And I think that, you know, maybe I, I think that it's entirely possible that smaller is not always better in the winter. I think that, you know, there's... I think there's a, another line of thought there that if they've got a wounded or weak enough larger size bait that they can consume less energy to pursue and eat, they'll do that. You know, I think that they've got a high caloric payoff for a, for a low caloric burn and they'll see that as a meal of opportunity that'll get them through the winter, you know? So, you know, that's an area that we're working through, but, but to kind of, um, to piggyback off of what Josh was saying, I mean, matching the hatch too is is more than just seeing what smallmouth have in their in their mouths. But I mean, you can look, you can walk through a river system and look and see, you know, eight hundred small little crawfish shooting around, and that's a good indication that maybe a small crawfish might work. Or you know, in spring, you know, you'll see a lot of frogs, tadpoles, you know, that kind of thing, little mm-hmm. tiny ones. You know, maybe that's maybe that's an indication that you know, a smaller topwater presentation might work or, you know, like a frog. Or a lot of it's like how they're hitting the bait. 
you know, if you or right. presentation, like if they're like, you know, they're hitting something really like non-committal. Sometimes that means you need to downsize, which we did last weekend when we were on Sugar Creek. I mean, yeah. I had a, we had several fish come up and just sort of, you know, nibble on the tail of the game changer that I was, that I was casting. So I, you know, I downsized and I put one on with the trailer hook on it, you know, so, uh, but, but in general, that being said, until you kind of get to the level where you can look around, look, you know, look in the smallmouth's mouth see what they're eating, look in the river system to see, okay, a bunch of small crawfish, like, you know, Reed Morehouse was on the podcast talking about, you know, when, when crawfish spawn and when they, you know, when they, um, have a bunch of little ones, you know, around like in July, you know, you should, you should probably be looking at a smaller size crayfish fly at that point. Um, you know, but until you get to that level where you can kind of really get dialed into a river system, I think the general rule of thumb is, more clarity equals downsize, less clarity equals upsize. And I think that that'll probably get you through just fine. So, yeah, that was a, so that was a very painful message to listen to. I'm not going to lie, but good, but a good question, <laughs> but a good question. A good, so, yeah, a good, a good, uh, stimulating the, question. I wouldn't call it stimulating. <laughs> the message definitely was not stimulating. <laughs> Well, the we were, question itself was just not the way it was delivered. So, and whoever you are, you're doing a very good job at being annoying when you leave messages. Because and also, the entire time I was like, "All right, this thing needs to be over." That being said, good job and nice work um, for being able to speak so coherently while you're high on ketamine. <laughs> not any, but not just anybody could do that. Special K, baby. Yeah, riding that K train. So, anyways, anything else, Josh, that you want to talk about before we kind of wrap this baby up? No, I mean, uh, so we have a, a couple kind of things of note. One, you know, we're pretty much at the end of very, very tail end of like fishing season as we like classify it, you know, where the fish are like not super sedentary. Um, so we probably have, you know, if we don't get some flooding, we could definitely go out this weekend and catch them. Uh, but really, you know, I would say we'll be lucky to catch them the first weekend in November and then you're pretty much in winter patterns. So I mean, they're, they're already there. I mean, they're staging in those wintering spots. Now they're just getting their last few little meals before they drop back in for deep hibernation. So, um, and then, so that's sad. (laughs) (laughs) So that's sad. (laughs) That's depressing. Uh, we're, you know, going towards that time of year where it feels like, you know... We squandered it, dude. We wasted it. <laughs> <laughs> it went by fast. It doesn't it seem like it's that... hasn't been that long since we were, you know, looking at flows up in Minnesota and looking at Airbnbs and, you know... Yeah. But history's about to repeat itself, and I'd be okay with that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> all in all, I mean, it's not over yet, obviously, but... Uh, for you especially, it was probably one of the finer smallmouth seasons that we've we've seen. So stuck at old number nine. Yeah, so we got, got time. we got time. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely make an. You'll get attempt. you'll stick another one before the end of the year. I have no doubt. Yeah, I thought I would th- between the last like four or five trips and didn't happen. I had that one that was nineteen and three quarter. 
And you tried everything you could. To I get tried that one to get everything it. I could <laughs> to get it to go, and it would not go. So, yeah. uh, I mean, we made we cut took a fillet I'm, knife. I'm, I'm an honest little boy. <laughs> we took fillet knife and cut down one side <laughs> so that it could stretch out further. It just, it just wouldn't didn't do it. work. It's musky food now. That's yeah. how we look at it. Um, so that, and then uh, you know, the the winter time we definitely get a little bit busier with podcasts. Um, and something that we've talked about for a while, but uh, we, we're going to start doing some some more, I would say a little bit more informative content rather than pure entertainment. So this is like, these this episodes where we get together and talk like this, I mean, it's like pure ecstasy. I mean, this is just <laughs> like straight up, unadulterated entertainment. I mean, um, that guy sounded like he was high on ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so we're going to, you know, we're going to get a little bit more meat into the episodes, you know, for those of you who are I feel like to, this one was pretty content heavy. I feel yeah, like this one it was. was it's it's uh, been a while and, since we've had one this content. And heavy. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and put out the Smalley Talk hotline number for everybody. 317-283-9710. So 317-283-9710. And if you're a dedicated enough listener to have listened to yourself today on the the hotline shoot me a message on instagram at the smalley talk page and i'll shoot you a free sticker and then if you wait what kind of sticker the quest for 23 yeah, stickers we don't have any smalley talk we're gonna get some smalley talk stickers too um that's another thing i'm gonna mention that um so and then if you leave a message if you take the time to leave a message on the hotline i'll i'll send you a free sticker so we're just we're just leave it that we got plenty of stickers um because nobody I'm a sticker. Them. I'm a sticker. Guy. Nobody bought them, so we. No, got we, I sold quite a few. Yeah, we got we got a decent amount. We got enough money in our account where we can buy some more stickers. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> to give away Dude, our sticker investment is very uh, strong. So the other thing I was going to mention. So um, I'm going to be uh, over the next uh, probably two months. Going to be putting together some designs for some shirts and maybe hats. And I'm going to be putting them up. Um, so keep an eye out for that on the Instagram, the Facebook. And I, we, I, I got some good ideas for some uh, for some smallmouth-related merchandise. So just keep an eye out on that. I like and I will make sure to get Chris one so he won't bitch at me for a year <laughs> before he buys one for himself. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So that's all I have, though, man. I mean, um, you know, I think we'll save the what's what's new in your box for next episode. Um, but, uh, but, yeah. I, it's not the end of the year, so I don't want to end this as an end of the year thing. But uh, from a traditional fishing, sense, fishing season stance... I had, we had a good one. It was, it was a lot of a lot of good times. Yeah. This I year. mean, this is definitely the end of, you know, just being able to float down a river and just sort of, right, you know, cast and and retrieve and catch fish. I mean, it's yeah, you know, you get you get into much more of a targeted approach. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll row for forty five minutes and then hit a spot. So for as bad as twenty twenty was, like best from a ever, society dude. standpoint. <laughs> No, this this we had a pretty rocked. pretty damn good fishing season. You did, yeah. You had well, no, we, we, we all, all did. did. Yeah, I but mean, you had, we a, all you had a, a fantastic one. I mean, when you start the year like we did in Minnesota, there's really and I lied earlier. I've caught 
more than four fish over time. <laughs> he just, was like, damn I, it, I shortchanged myself. I, know, I was thinking about it the whole episode. I was like, you idiot. You've caught more than four fish How over many have you caught? Six. Okay. Uh, seven. I've got seven fish over twenty inches on my fly. The rod. next time, the next episode will be nine. He'll just it's keep seven. adding to it. I can, I can, ca- <laughs> I can go back through them. But I was like, I caught, I caught three of them on the on the Minnesota trip. I have a plan. Uh, this, I don't know which wall I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make a wall of twenties in this room. Just pictures of twenties. Mm-hmm. Dude, I've been creating- you better. You better get a bigger studio. <laughs> we're know. we're gonna need a bigger studio. <laughs> uh. But anyways, yeah. Thanks for listening, you you little wet degenerates. <laughs> yeah, let's stop doing the boys thing. I let's love definitely it. turning I people off. <laughs> or turning people on. And either way, we don't like it. Yeah. If that if the little boys thing is turning you on, we don't like you. And if it's turning we'll you off, them, we, we'll we also call, probably don't like. Let's you, call so. them little boys. Let's not. So we'll call our audience. Let's call them. <laughs> let's call them something else. <laughs> little wet men. A little little smallies. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Thanks, was- everybody, for listening. <laughs> and uh, free the fighter, as always. Free the fighter.